Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Good morning, everybody. I missed you last weekend. Uh, I'm feeling better, but my voice is still iffy, so this homily might turn into one of those, um, what were those books we read when we were little, Choose Your Own Adventure, where you get to choose your own ending? So it, it may turn into that, just a heads up for that. So uh, on Wednesday this week, I had kind of a little mini epiphany experience. I was here in the church early, it was still dark outside, and uh, the Christmas lights were on, and I was sitting right over there, and I was praying morning prayer. And after a few minutes, one of our younger teachers came in, and she knelt down to pray before the Blessed Sacrament. She often does that, and she prayed for just 10 minutes, and then she got up, and she went off to start her busy day. And I was there for a few more minutes, and then another young person came in. And I'm not even sure this uh, young person is part of our parish, but she came in, and she did the same thing, right? She knelt down and prayed before the Blessed Sacrament for a few minutes, and then headed out to start her work day. And, you know, as I just kind of sat there and just watched this in the dark there, it just occurred to me that, you know, there's something kind of attractive, um, maybe even alluring, you might say, about a person that loves God and that puts God first. And I don't mean attractive or alluring in kind of an icky way, right, a sexualized way, but there's a beauty there and there's a mystery there that I think we sense and are drawn to. It's like God who is all beautiful and all mysterious. Once we give him access to our hearts, he begins to speak through us to the hearts of others, right? Often in words that only the heart can hear. It's a subtle thing, but it's a real thing. There's a draw there. There's a, an attraction there. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, or if that makes sense. If you saw the signboard on the way on, I know for some people that's been a big, uh, big scandal. Um, you saw the title of my homily is, How to Be a Hottie. Now, obviously that's meant to be playful and ironic. I mean, after all, Deacon Brad is talking about how to be a hottie. I mean, I guess Shrek wasn't available. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but there's a point there. There's a point there. To be desirable, attractive, special in somebody else's eyes, that's one of those deep desires of the human heart that I think we all experience. Don't we crave being noticed, the sole object of somebody else's love and attention? I mean, from the time, think about it, from the time we're little, just little infants, right? We just instinctively seek out the gaze of our mothers, right? We want to hold their eyes with our own, right? And then we get a little older, and what's our biggest fear? One of our biggest fears, it's being chosen last on the playground. And then, of course, as we get older yet, our hope, right, of finding that one person who will choose us and us alone with whom to spend the rest of their life. We want to be needed but I think even more, we need to be wanted. We need to be wanted. King Herod in our gospel today. King Herod was somebody in whom this need to be wanted was frustrated and who handled it completely awfully. So historians tell us that Herod tried everything to compel the love and the admiration and the respect of his people to compel it, right? So he hobnobbed with all the right people. He amassed power and wealth. He engaged in these monumental building projects, including the Jerusalem temple. And that won him some respect, but it was never enough for him. It wasn't enough. And eventually what he couldn't compel, he became determined to deny to others by destroying them. So he had his wife assassinated, then his mother-in-law, then three of his sons, 
We hear in the gospel today how he tried to kill the child Jesus. Eventually, he ended up destroying himself. Josephus tells us that by the end of his life, Herod was so isolated and so despised that as he lay on his deathbed, he gave orders that several of the most prominent citizens of Jerusalem be arrested. Why? Well, so that when he died, they could be executed. So that on his death day, there would at least be some tears shed, even if they weren't shed for him. What a sad life, huh? Contrast that narrow, destructive self-preoccupation with the open-heartedness of the Magi. So the Magi, they're caught by the beauty of this star. They set out on this perilous journey to find the promised king. They don't know exactly where their road will lead. They don't know exactly what they're going to find. They don't even know if they'll survive to the end, but they dare and they go. Why? Because their hearts are awake and they've discovered something beautiful and powerful and personal and mysterious to live for. And it shows, right? They show up in Jerusalem and everybody notices. Everybody is shaken. Drawn by God's promise, their lives attract in a way that Herod's, for all of his efforts, never did. That's the secret I want to highlight for us this morning, my friends. In the end, the more we try to manufacture our own acceptance, our own attractiveness, the more we're bound to be frustrated. Conversely, the more we open our hearts to God and his embrace, the more attractive we become, the more free we become, the more real. True loveliness isn't found in how we look or who we know or in how witty we are or how successful our kids are or what have you. True loveliness comes from loving God and letting him love us. Letting ourselves be drawn by God and then watching what happens. Watching him start to draw others through us. You know, we've seen that over and over again in the lives of the saints. Think about John the 23rd, right? Good Pope John was no physical specimen. He was short, he was pretty overweight. He had these large protruding ears, right? Yet he was so secure in God's love for him that he endeared everybody to himself, often with this delightful self-deprecating humor. My favorite story about John is this. One day he went to uh, the hospital and he met a young boy there, and he asked this young boy what he wanted to be when he grew up. So the young boy thought for a minute and he said, well, either a policeman or a pope. John thought for a minute and then he said, young man, I would go in for the police if I were you. Anybody can become a pope, look at me. Or think about Sister Miriam Headland, who's not a saint yet, but on the way, who was here just a month ago for the Healing the Whole Person retreat. If you've read her story, Miriam, she hasn't had an easy life. Trauma, abuse, destructive choices that she made in school. Yet, as those of you who got to hear her know, as she's learned to let God embrace her, and she's learned to let God's love begin to touch and heal those broken places inside, She's, re- gift this, she's received this powerful gift of speaking. It's compelling and convicting, and it's real. It's genuine. It's fun to watch how she captivates an audience, even when she's just speaking off the cuff. So there's power there, power in her words, power in her person, and that's all rooted in the knowledge 
that God loves her. There's an old proverb that says, the lion is most handsome when hunting. The lion is most handsome when hunting. In other words, when it's searching, when it's seeking. Friends, I think the same is true for you and me. The less self-absorbed we are, and the more we're seeking, the more we're seeking God, the more attractive we become. Do you want to be a hottie? I mean, at least in all the ways that really matter? Do you want to be noticed? Set your heart on God each day and then watch what starts to happen. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h t Org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.